Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding, Interview Edition, recorded Tuesday, January 12th, 2016. This is Paul Koska, owner of Brick and Brack Games, and I am your host for tonight's episode of the Game of Crowdfunding. A quick shout out to Danica, who supports all us geeks over on Patreon. Thanks so much, Danica. You're fantastic. If you'd like a shout out too, make sure to check out the Patreon page. There should be a link in the show notes. And now, on to the interview. And who is joining me today on Skype? Well, my name's Jeff Arbo, and I am the president of Spyglass Games. Our newest and latest title is out on Kickstarter right now, Venom Assault, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Excellent. We're going to be talking about the uh, the game, Venom Assault, and its Kickstarter campaign in a few minutes. Uh, but first, we have to search through the drawers and get the Jeff King patented warm-up questions. So, first of all, Jeff Arbaugh, when you're not making games, what do you do for a living? Well, for a living, I have actually been in the IT realm, uh, very, very familiar with computers and electronics. Uh, In fact, the reason for it is because at an early age, I got uh, hooked into making my own computer system so I could play bigger, better, more visually appealing games. And it's all led from there. Well, Jeff, uh, Jeff King, who runs All Us Geeks, does have a good theory that uh, just about everybody who's on this show is either a teacher or in IT. So mark that up for another one. And in your opinion, this is All Us Geeks. This is the realm of geeks. So what makes you a geek? Oh, I would have to say that my unbridled passion for games of all kinds. Uh, at at an early age, I knew that I was going to be a game designer, mostly because I just couldn't think of anything else in the world that I'd want to be. Uh, and from there, I got into video games. I got into board games. I got into all sorts of games. I am a GM of a Pathfinder campaign right now. Uh, when it comes down to it, there just isn't a game that I haven't touched. So, kind of building off of that, what kinds of games do you really enjoy playing? What what hits the table most often? I gotta say, when it comes to what we're gonna throw down on a nice party night, we're probably gonna place down a nice cooperative game, or a game that at least doesn't have direct competition. I know that there's a lot of people out there who love the direct competition games, and I'm all about that particular uh group as well, but for myself personally, when I sit down with friends, I want to have a good time, and I want to be uh, together, as it were. So are there any any in particular uh, that just are, you know, top five, maybe? Ooh, top five. Um, Lords of Waterdeep is going to rank right up there. Not necessarily cooperative, but again, you're not directly competing. We we have a house rule that we take out those mandatory quests and just set them to the side. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see here. I have just been introduced to a new game, Mysterium, that I have found to be incredibly enjoyable. Uh, And I I think that one's going to find its way to the table more often than not as well. Uh, As a big nerd, I have loved the Joss Whedon television series uh, of Firefly. And because of that, I can't help but pull Serenity off the shelves as often as possible. Um, and then when we really want to get PvP, when we want to jump into that particular realm, I find that a good story like 
Betrayal on House on Haunted Hill is a good game to hit the table. Now, do you have any geek-level passions for anything that most people would not necessarily consider geeky? Geek-level passions for something not considered geeky. Yeah, something not geeky that you, you love so much that you raise it to the level of geekdom. I have to say, I would find myself to be a pretty normal nerd. Uh, my biggest, my biggest one is Nintendo. Uh, I love the Mario world. I love the Legend of Zelda world. I love uh, the Yoshi world, and and I find myself uh, playing my Wii U quite often. Uh, but aside from that, uh, and and the board games that we throw down, I, I have to call myself pretty generic. That's all right. That's all right. Nothing, nothing wrong with love and the, the standard stuff. Now, moving on to, to more about, about games and your, your history with games. What, what is it that drives you to do what you do with all the, all the creative outlets out there, all the different ways that you can make things and, and get involved? Why making games? Making games is the closest thing to my heart that I can possibly think to do, because at a very, very young age, I found that games are the bridge to be able to bring education to a young and wide-eyed world of, of kids and uh, life students that teach them things that they weren't aware of. Uh, the biggest thing that has stuck with me, the the topic of my college thesis and thus, uh, was the idea that, at least here in America, uh, an individual does not attain an ethics class until the first year of college. Uh, and to think that there are that many people running around without an ethics class at all uh, blows my mind. But looking at it in my history, at least, I was able to determine that video games really are the things that gave me my ethics and morals when I grew up, uh, more so than parents, more so than brothers and sisters, more so than the books I read, though not by much, because I consider the two to be pretty on par. Uh, I found that they're a way of teaching things that are not standard taught and uh, – being able to bring that forward to future generations was something that really hit home with me. Well, I would say that uh, folks out there who grew up on Grand Theft Auto are, are putting down the homeless person they're beating and agreeing with you. Um, <laughs> but why, you know, you, you're very heavily into computers. Why board games as opposed to video games? Uh, the truth is, is that my degree is actually in video game design uh, and setup. Uh, however, board games have been the parallel passion for me for my entire life, uh, and I find that a board game is something that is – I don't want to use the word simple enough to create, but uh, when you scroll down the credits of any video game out there, it certainly takes less people to do. Um, more so than that, a board game, even up to and including the most – popular MMORPGs out there, really brings people together, uh, gets you something to do when you have a big party with all your friends together, uh, and, and being a part of that particular atmosphere, uh, it, there's, a, there's a sense of pride that comes with it. That's fair. Now, continuing on in your, your game-making journey, um, 
Spyglass Games, your your company's first game, is on Kickstarter now. But I I have a feeling there's probably games before this that you've worked on. Is that correct? There have been a few, absolutely. So can you walk us through, you know, your 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 genesis up to this point? Like what what are the games that you worked on and and you know had running around? What kind of games have you made? Even if they never saw the light of day, what's your progression? This is the first one that's going to see the light of day. This is definitely Venom Assault is going to be the first title uh, that the general populace is going to be able to enjoy. Uh, and, and that's very exciting to see. But coming up to that, um, at a very, very young age, I created a game. I don't want to drop too many spoilers here because it's certainly going to be revisited now that I have a, a company to be able to push that momentum with. Uh, but a game that I have at least effectively titled Haunted for the moment, um, in which you take on the role of a ghost within a house uh, and try and scare the the people in the house out. That'll be a board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my college project throughout uh, that time frame is a video game indeed that I am in the process of writing um, – that is titled Edenwood. Uh, that one's looking more at a epic RPG adventure, and uh, I hope that that will one day see the light of day as well. Now, are you working in that just by yourself, that, uh, that video game project? For the moment, uh, I know that, as I mentioned earlier, with the uh, massive amount of individuals that it takes to uh, populate a video game and really bring it to life and make it happen, um, I most likely will try and write this video game and then see if I can get an already established uh, company to assist in the publishing of it. Uh, Myself and uh, my very, very talented partner, Sina Hirsch, have been writing this one. We are about 200 pages in, so it'll be a pretty extensive one. Sounds very interesting. Now, let's kind of start to switch gears a little bit and talk about Kickstarter itself. Now, before we talk about the game, what about you as a backer of projects? When you go on to Kickstarter and look at other people's projects, what is it that drives you to jump in? Have you have you purchased full games on Kickstarter before? And if so, like what is it that that catches your eye and what do you like to see in a project? When I'm looking at a Kickstarter, I like to really get a comprehensive feel of the rules and the mechanics and how they're going to differ from the titles that I already own. Um, Certainly something that has an overlay to it that is bright and exciting and interesting, uh, it's always good to catch the eye. But when it comes down to it, I try and make sure that uh, the game behind the curtain, as it were, is a nice, solid format that I know that I'll be able to put down with my friends and enjoy. Now, is there anything besides the game itself what do you like to see in terms of the campaign itself? You know, obviously anybody who's, you know, getting ready to launch a Kickstarter should be looking at a lot of projects. So what are things that you, that you picked out from projects that you saw things that you really wanted to replicate or, or, you know, look at, or, you know, rise to that level? Ah, that is the ever infamous question is what exactly do you do to catch the eye of the unsuspecting on Kickstarter? And uh, we had done a great deal of research to try and 
emulate and generate some of the best pages that we could. Uh, and I can, I can quite frankly say uh, there is a world of articles out there uh, written by talented and knowledgeable individuals who have done successful Kickstarter campaigns in the past. Uh, I myself, uh, I tended to lean towards the articles written by one Jamie Stagmeyer of Stonemeyer Games, mm-hmm. uh, who is certainly no mystery to the Kickstarter realm. Uh, he has some great advice and is uh, tirelessly, seemingly, trying to impart it to the world so that uh, they don't make the same mistakes he does. And that is uh, an absolute benefit and boon to anybody out there looking to manufacture a Kickstarter. Yeah, I, and you know, for those of you listening, anybody who is considering, even considering doing a Kickstarter project... Um, your required reading is all of the articles on the Stonemeyer Games website. All of them. There's like over a hundred, and I don't care that it takes you a long time, but you have to read all of them before you can even consider yourself ready to approach Kickstarter. So let's talk about the game you have on Kickstarter right now. Now, for Venom Assault, um, I've been familiar with this game for some time because, uh, I worked on the video that you'll see on the Kickstarter page. But for those who are not familiar with Venom Assault, uh, let's let's hear the elevator pitch. What's your elevator pitch for Venom Assault? Venom Assault is a one-to-five player deck-building cooperative game that utilizes a unique dice-based combat system. That's our tagline right there. All right. Now... When you say unique, unique dice-based combat system, what does that mean exactly? Well, uh, when we sat down to make this game, we thought that uh, when we think combat system, we think rolling dice, comparing, really getting in the feel of uh, tactics involved, but at the same time that fog-of-war mystery that can come from a randomizer, such as a die roll. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the system that we utilize to do combat um, is a system that involves rolling dice and comparing a number of dice versus a defense track that tells you what value on the dice you need to have in order to consider each of those individual die a success. Uh, this is a system that uh, it isn't new to gaming by any means. I certainly wouldn't want to put the TM on it, but uh, it is a system that is new to deck builders and brings in that randomization factor that uh, I feel really is necessary to allow people to have that on their edge seat. Uh, and we've seen it a lot in the playing of. Uh, of the game where people will roll the dice, the the handful or the fistful that they do accumulate. And they really do. It's the most tense moment of the game to see whether or not you get the outcome to be able to create a victory. Uh, and that right there, sucking you into the game and allowing you to be part of the process. Uh, that's what we strive for the absolute highest. All right. Now let's talk about a little bit about the development of the game. So how long has Venom Assault been in development? Ah, Venom Assault by David Plotz and Mike Knight has been in development for 
to this date, about three and a half years. Now, not but a year, year and a half ago, uh, they had brought me in on the project to kind of give it a, a different eye, a different insight. Uh, and so I'm sort of the transplant in this particular group. Uh, but joining in with them, I was able to bring a lot of the AI development that I've learned through my college years uh, to the board game table and specifically to Venom Assault. And I was able to assist them in taking this game the full duration that you see up to the Kickstarter that's on the, on the web today. So are there any specific examples of things that changed from the time that you first saw the game when they brought you on till now? Are there anything that, you know, just big turnarounds? I wouldn't say there were any turnarounds, but that's because at the time that I visited Venom Assault, the game itself was uh, still in a very incubation level phase. Uh, Not everything was laid out. Obviously, a turn order was not... uh, completely thought through and so um while i came in at about a year and a half into the project uh it really was still in such an infancy that there weren't hard set things to adjust so you were able to to really help it through all the way from just about the beginning i feel so yes okay and now this is kind of a a helpful thing for people who are out there designing their own games. Um, as you went along through the development process, the three of you, uh, who did you take it to to get it tested? Who who all tested this game? Was it just friends and family? Did you go to events, conventions? What, what was your guys' process? Uh, I have found when testing games, uh, it's important to really, really order your testing audience that you're going to go with. Uh, close friends and family members... People who are in the gaming world specifically are going to be the people that you're going to want to go to. Uh, specifically, anybody who understands that at least, say for instance, in an alpha phase, the game itself is going to possibly be unplayable, possibly be so broken that it's just going to fall apart in their hands, mm-hmm. uh, and potentially um, not even completed. Uh, the next title that we have coming out the first time that it was played uh we had not figured out the boss system at all but we wanted to make certain in that alpha level stage that it was able to be brought in to the boss level and so in order to uh do that you have to make sure for that very first round of game testers that you really get in they are forgiving individuals who are willing to do what is necessary to play a game and possibly pause it so that you can pull a card aside and rewrite it right there on the spot and call game on again. Mm -hmm. That takes a very special individual, a very unique individual. And so uh, certainly don't take your game in the very beginning phases and bring it out to everybody. It just it's not it's not a good idea and it leaves a bad taste in some people's mouths. Uh, but we have multiple phases. We have our alpha phase in which 
we uh, have a very, very volatile game that could possibly explode on the spot. And we are very careful about the individuals we, we release it to in that aspect. Then we get a little more formed, and when we feel that we have a, a more solid title, one that can actually be played through, we uh, open it up to a beta phase and bring it to a larger audience. Uh, at this point for ourselves, that was still the greater friend and family base area. Um, it's probably not until after the prototype phase, which comes beyond the beta phase, where you've actually got a little bit of graphics, you've actually got a card layout, you've actually got uh, a good conceptualization uh, that we really feel ready to release it to the general populace and to game reviewers and take it down to cons to have people play it. Uh, at that particular point, we're still making edits, uh, absolutely, as people find loopholes and such. But if they are presented with something that at least has a minor amount of visual appeal, they'll be able to get past that and play the game as it's intended to. So let's talk a little bit more about um, the content of the game itself. Now, obviously... These words aren't on the, the Kickstarter page because, you know, one does not want to invite trouble. Um, but looking at the art and the, the gameplay and all that, um, making a comparison to many people's favorite 80s cartoon G.I. Joe is not out of the question, right? We, uh, in a very early stage... Uh, attempted to track down and actually attain the rights uh, for a couple of very popular 1980s video, or I'm sorry, uh, cartoons, but uh, quickly found out that being a green behind the ears, uh, out of the box gaming company, it was not going to be an option. Uh, so the only thing that we could do as a recourse was give a loving homage to our own personal youths uh, and hopefully to the youths of the gamers who will pick it up. So it's, you know, for those of you who are listening, um, what this really is, it's a, it's a loving homage to GI Joe in a very good way. So it's not ripping off. It's not anything like that. It's just really uh, loving homage. And if you really enjoy something like GI Joe, then this has got to be, you know, you got to be here because this is a game that you most definitely want on your shelf and the art looks great. Um, now let's just give me a quick breakdown of the, the story of the game. So people can kind of get into the world of what they're dealing with here. Our lead game designer, Mike Knight, uh, really pulled out all the stops on that particular subject. Uh, being able to put together a story that is very in depth, uh, and definitely contains a lot more behind the scenes than, one might expect from a standard overlay of a board game. Uh, he's got an entire world written behind Venom Assault. Uh, the main storyline behind it is that post-World War III, uh, the world did not fall into either a zombie or standard apocalypse, uh, as, as most would think it might. Uh, but it did get a little more tight-gripped as far as the military is concerned. Uh, and the United Nations actually pulled together a 
uh, elite group of the world's most uh, precious and valuable soldiers and vehicles called Freedom Squadron. Freedom Squadron's sole purpose uh, under the lead of General Steele is to fight uh, global threats that might crop up in the new post-World War III uh, world that exists here, the main of which would be Venom, the evil organization that has been behind the most of the wars in the history of the world and has been seeking to bring about an entire world domination plan that they have been setting forth. Now, Venom is indeed run by Venom Commander, who is a converted archaeologist who stumbled upon an ancient serpent race in the world and has been under their control and guise ever since. Venom, of course, then will go out and seek many uh, in our homage over-the-top sorts of ways to try and control and dominate the world, for which it lies to the player who acts as a tactician of the UN to gather together the forces of Freedom Squadron and then go out and seek to thwart those Venom plots. And can you give a, a quick breakdown of, of what a typical turn looks like? So, you know, just kind of going over the, the, the basic mechanics. What is someone doing on their turn when they sit down to play the game? Certainly. Um, without going too far into it, so you get kind of a satellite view of a turn, uh, the first part of a turn will involve playing your cards in your hand one by one. Uh, tactics already start to take into play here so that you have to choose which order the cards in your hands will be played uh, for the best effect. And then you uh, recruit a number of cards equal to your recruitment value from the training ground to be able to add to your deck in classic deck builder fashion. Uh, you then move on to the tactical phase. We took the entirety of combat and broke it into the planning and sort of the actualization, uh, two separate phases there. Uh, in the planning, you will take your cards, choose a leader amongst them, send in whichever followers you'd like to send under that leader's command, and then choose one of the available Venom leaders that have already had intelligence gathered on them, represented by seven locations on the board. Once you attack that leader, uh, they too will have an unknown amount of forces uh, at their disposal defending themselves. And so they will flip what is called the Venom support cards. Once they, as their leader and their Venom support as the followers face up against your leader and followers that you have already established, their effects will take effect, leaving you with an outcome number of dice to be able to roll against the health and defense track, which represents how many dice you have to roll at what value. Once you've done that, uh, you roll the dice, we move into the combat phase, and you compare them against the tracks. If you're successful, you have captured that Venom leader and the rewards of the base therein. 
if you are not successful, uh, then your team has had to choose a tactical retreat as opposed to continuing the good fight. Either way, the turn uh, comes to an end with standard upkeep and replacement, uh, unless, of course, you have met the victory conditions, at which case you have collectively won for the good of all players. So, to be honest, for those of us who don't like traditional deck builders, like, you know, the, the standard, uh, what the hell was that game? Um, the, the DC one. I think it was just my, my just, just DC deck builder, I think it might have been called. Um, I think so, yes. Yeah, what a terrible name. Um, you know, I got that game and I was like, wow, I love DC. Never tried a deck builder and it's horrible because it's just, the, you know, the, the enemy isn't really doing anything. But this, and you know, this is for the benefit of those who are, who are listening. If you don't like deck builders, you, you should still give this game a look and a shot because the enemy that you're targeting is actively working against you. So perhaps it's, it's better to say the enemy, um, there's this progression that builds, uh, almost something like, like Elder Sign for those who have played that. You know, there's this, they're actively working and building forces. And if you wait too long, the enemy will just win. Right. So, so none of you will win and they'll just, they'll rule the world at that point. Absolutely. Um, on a very, very base level of any game out there, uh, if there's no ability to lose, it almost seems to lack the interest. Uh, and so we definitely have a what is known as the event track. And in the event track, uh, it has five steps of progression. Throughout the course of the game, event cards are drawn by the first player who started the round, and those cards can detail a number of positive and negative effects that take place during a turn. Uh, one of these negative effects would be increasing the event track. Now, depending on the mission that you are playing, uh, Venom's forces will be doing different things and trying to accomplish different goals. Uh, but what they mainly amount to are negative effects as Venom pushes forward their plot towards completion of world domination. Usually on that fifth step of the event track, if you are unlucky or unfortunate enough to be able to have allowed them to progress that far, uh, there can sometimes be a final Hail Mary that you can attempt to do to try and pull victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, but more often than not, that fifth one means game over, and everybody loses because Venom has managed to conquer, take over, and dismantle the UN and Freedom Squadron. So there's definitely a lot more um, active opposition than you'll find uh, in many other deck builders. Now, for people who are, you know, they're on the fence still, but maybe maybe you can draw them in, talk a little bit about the – let's switch to the project itself – are there any really cool rewards that people can uh, people can grab up when they go visit your Kickstarter page? On the Kickstarter page, uh, we have set the price point of our loyal Kickstarter backers uh, to be slightly lower than what MSRP is going to be. Uh, so certainly a little bit of a discount is always a 
a tip of the hat from us to you in order to be the people who first step in and back us. Uh, in addition, we have not chosen to do multiple micro-packaging uh, post-end of the Kickstarter, which uh, creates a giant value to even the base-level individual who will be purchasing the game through Kickstarter, because what this means to them is every stretch goal that we attain along the way is going to be included right there in their box. Mm -hmm. um, they get it on time, they get it the same day, and they have it ready to play and they don't have to worry about, oh, well, do I spend the extra $10 to get the extra bonus stuff? We wanted to make sure that everybody gets a solid, uh, best quality copy of the game available. Uh, because the best story, the best game mechanics, and the best uh, stabilization can fall flat if a game comes to you and it's printed on cardboard and it tears in half the first day. But you do have uh, a, a big level, correct? For those who are really, really looking to sink their teeth into this game, uh, they do have an opportunity to to really get in it, correct? Oh yes, we do. And get in it is the optimal term there. At the highest level of Kickstart, uh, we are prepared to sit down and work with an individual to actually have them design a card based on who they want to be and based on their likeness. Uh, quite literally in both senses. We're happy to sit down with you, allow you to pick either side, Venom or Freedom Squadron, and mock a character that is going to be of your style, of your likeness, of your uh, abilities and effects, and we'll be happy to allow you to be able to uh, really go wild with it. Um, and then we'll bring it into the mathematics to be able to make sure that we have a card that fits within the realm of the game. The other side of this that we are extremely ecstatic to be able to offer uh, is that our wonderful artist, a gentleman, uh, sorry, a gentleman by the name of Phil Cho, uh, is prepared to be able to take these cards, take photos of an individual, and create a persona likeness based entirely on your photos and who you are, to put you on the card and literally give you center stage as you prepare to either fight or join the ranks of Venom themselves. So for those of you out there, or those of you with friends like this, if you've ever, if you are just all about the 80s, if you are so deep into that nostalgia and you just desperately, desperately want to be a part of a world like this, this is a good opportunity to do so. Now, for you, we're kind of closing up here. For you, what is the coolest thing about the game for you? For me as a player or for me as a game creator? Well, either way. For me as a game creator, the coolest part is that this is the first time that something has leaked out of my brain onto paper and is out there on the free market. The concept that it has made it this far has been mind-blowing and has given me the greatest joys and probably some of the biggest terrors I think I've ever experienced in my life. As a game designer, I am extremely happy 
to be able to put forth a game that I know that I have played multiple times that offers a different experience in its replayability that has multiple different missions that are widely different in the way the game works together uh, and the ability to be able to really play the game two, three times and have a completely different set of tactics and mindset and even cards that I go for when I build that deck uh, it it has had such vastly different playability to it uh, that it is a title that I'm happy to to set down on my table all day long. And if someone is out there and they're still a little bit on the fence about checking out Venom Assault, um, what's something you can say to that person? Talk directly to them about why they should log on. They have to do it right now and grab a copy of the game right this moment. If you're on the fence right now about picking up a copy of Venom Assault, know that there is the highest quality gaming experience set forth in a cooperative deck builder that will be delivered directly to you from a team that personally cares about each individual gameplay that you can have on your table. And if you're looking for a title that will be in that minority of titles that come out of Kickstarter uh, that have a vastly impressive gameplay and replayability, you don't have to look any further than this game because it has been tested and maintained in such a way that we can guarantee it for you. Well, there you have it. Now, as we uh, as we wrap up here, um, Jeff, is there anything that we haven't covered that you really want people to know? I think uh, I think we've hit on a lot of the base aspects of this game. Venom Assault is up on Kickstarter now. I urge you to go check it out. If you don't necessarily think that this is a game that is up your style, think about your friends. Think about your friends' friends. There are people out there who find deck builders to be impressive gameplay. And even if you're not sure if you've played the Marvel Legendaries and the DC deck builders and you thought that they weren't necessarily your cup of tea, look through our rulebook because you may find out that this particular title is a title vastly different from those ones. And people out there who just, you know, they've they've heard it, they've got the message and they they just want to reach back out to you and contact you with questions or comments. Uh, how can people reach you out there on the Internet? I am a completely transparent individual. I am more than willing to talk one-to-one to every single person who's willing to hit me up and communicate. Uh, you can find the contacts page on www.spyglassgames.com, and that goes directly to me. And that means I'm going to reply directly back to you. It doesn't have to go any further than that. All right, there you have it, folks. We've been talking about Venom Assault, which is on Kickstarter right now, as long as you're listening to this uh, this podcast soon after its release. Uh, it's going to be on there from now until February 4th. February 4th is the last day for the project. Uh, you can pick up a copy of Venom Assault for $45 before shipping. And we're looking at a – we need to hit $30,000 uh, for this game to be produced. Um, I want to thank you so much for listening, and thank very much, thanks very much, Jeff, for, uh, for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. I, I love sitting down and talking about it. We've loved having you. This has been 
the game of crowdfunding, and I've been your host, Paul Koska. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast from LaBelle Province, discussing all aspects of the miniature wargaming hobby. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.